Hello and welcome to Low Cost in Translation, a language learning podcast. In this introduction episode, I'm just going to give you a little bit of information about me, um, about the premise of the show and about my language learning, which languages I'm doing and about where I am with them and how I'm currently learning. So I want to give a hello, a big welcome to all the listeners. If that's just one of you or if I'm just talking to the void, that's also completely fine. Hello there, Mr. Void, sir. Um, So if people are listening, one thing that I am thinking about doing is um, creating transcripts of the show. Um, I imagine this will be a language learning resource um, in English for a lot of people um, who English maybe isn't their first language. But of course, doing that, I'd need somewhere to actually upload it so I'll have a have a look into maybe starting a blog or a Facebook page or a website or something right so I guess the next thing to do now that I've introduced the show is just to introduce myself a little bit so probably the most interesting thing about me is Right now, I'm sitting in my sister's wardrobe. So, yes. Hmm. Um, Other than that, uh, my name is Jenny. I'm 21. Um, I'm from a city called Birmingham in the UK. Um, So, obviously, that makes me a native English speaker. um, And it also might explain a bit of the accent I've got if anyone is struggling to understand me (laughs) a little bit, even though I'd say I'll don't really have a proper Brummie accent, but yes, that might explain things a little bit. Um, anything else? Da, da, da. Not really. Um, I, for a period of time, I lived in Glasgow as a student. Um, I have a, my mother is from Northern Ireland. I have a lot of family over there. So that promotes my English a little bit, and my dad is from the north of the UK. In fact, I don't have really any family other than immediate family living in Birmingham. So apart from learning languages, my interests are pretty nerdy, to be honest. Well, I mean, that's also quite nerdy, but considering we're all doing the same thing, let's not, let's not put ourselves down. So uh, what else do I like doing? I like to read, I like knitting. Like listening to K-pop, even though I think I'm a bit of a more critical fan than um, most people <laughs> would be. So um, yeah, there might be a few a few tangents. But the other thing I really love is podcasts. I don't actually listen to any language podcasts except for sometimes a Duolingo Spanish podcast. Um, actually, most of the podcasts I like are sort of comedy, political shows. But yeah, let's try and let's try and stay away from that topic. And yeah, I'm feeling a bit more relaxed now. I can tell in my introduction and in that trailer I was a mess, I was all over the place. But now I'm just a calm little girl sitting in a wardrobe talking. Right then, let's move on. <laughs> So I think the next thing to introduce and 
definitely the most important thing is what the show premise actually is, what I'm going to be talking about. And I think the best way to do that is just for me to ramble about it, honestly, because if I try and write this down, I will not be making any sense. So at least this way I'll be making sense to myself. But of course, uh, I'm not sure if it'll make sense generally, but hopefully once the first episode is out, maybe it will make a bit more sense when it's in practice rather than just me talking about it. Uh, okay, so yeah, as you probably gathered, sort of the the show is all about um, finding new ways to try and improve language learning, but ideally using sort of free resources. So I'm going to be focusing a lot on things you can access through the internet without having to um, especially pay for them, uh, YouTube, websites, uh, just a lot of free things. So as long as you've got access to internet, you should be able to follow um, the vast majority of these methods. Uh, there'll be some times where it's a bit more sort of specific to me. Uh, so I might be using books that either my mum has or I have at home. So they'll be free because the book is already in my house. But obviously, if you're looking from it completely outside, it might not be free. But hopefully that can inspire you to maybe look at something that you you bought a while ago. You sort of read through it once and you sort of were like, OK, well, I've, I've learned from that and put it down. So hopefully or so hopefully you can either find something like that. Or if it is something you find very useful, you could look for a similar version yourself. Um, there's a lot of secondhand bookshops, which are obviously important um, environmentally keeps the cost down um, I think it would also be yeah I'm gonna say support sort of secondhand bookshops or local places um, we're all about ethical stuff just don't order it from Amazon and I'll be and I will be happy um, so basically what that means is each episode I'll be coming to you probably giving you a bit of an introduction a bit of chat about my very boring lockdown life um, but the main body of the show will be talking about what I did in the method and then how roughly how long the method sort of took did it take away from uh, my normal language learning routine or was it just on top of that did it sort of start like a little thing that I thought I could do maybe 10 minutes a day and turned into something I spent hours on and if it did, was that because it was so fun that I wanted to carry on or because if I did 10 minutes, I'd made absolutely no progress. So that will be uh, essentially what each episode will be about. Um, to give you a little bit of context, my first planned episode I've already started preparations for and that will be, uh, can you learn a language in your sleep from YouTube? So for that one, I'll be doing Japanese. I've started it just now, loading some audio, normally about eight, ten hours, um, putting it on for a go to sleep, and then I'll come back and tell you if I can speak Japanese, <laughs> at least a bit better than I could before I started listening to it in my sleep. Yes, Japanese by osmosis. I could be quite questionable. Um, speaking of that as well, so obviously this week it'll be focusing on one language, um, as I'll get into sort of later on, Japanese is one that I'm not 
super familiar with so because uh, I thought it'd be better to do more of a stuttering one for that one there's no point uh, trying to learn introductory phrases off for example Spanish where I already am fairly confident in the language um, but just a, a heads up that some some episodes I'll be focusing on methods that I'll try and do a little bit for each language some like this one I'll be just focusing on one language can I get that up and some it'll be maybe a group of languages so for example I might say oh, I'll try all the ones that I'm not super confident in I might do Chinese and Spanish together as they're my two best ones or it might be based on a feature so for example um, how the grammar works so Korean and Japanese might end up together sort of how alphabets work if it's written in the English Romantic alphabet, if it's written in, say, sort of a different alphabet, say Hangul, Divangari, uh, Arabic, or if it's written in characters such as obviously Chinese and the part of Japanese, the kanji, where it's written more character based. And sometimes it'll be just what I feel like, to be honest, because I'm doing this for me. Right, I hope that's made it a bit more clear. But again, it might be one of those things. It's better in practice than it is with me rambling to you about it. Um, this is also going to be a very rambly podcast. Um, if I try and write things down and read them off, I will speak at the pace of about one one word every two minutes. Um, I will trip over my words. I will stutter. I will say the wrong thing it's better for me to just ramble and at least have the words out there so um, I'm very sorry if this doesn't make for the best audio listening quality I'm sorry if my accent is annoying um, sorry if I speak too fast uh, but hopefully we'll find something that works um, if not don't complain too much it's a free podcast so <laughs> Alright then, and just to finish, I'm going to talk a bit about the languages that I speak, that I'm learning, um, roughly where I am with them, and what I'm currently doing for them as a bit of a, a background. There's no point um, me saying, oh, I, I improved this much, or I stayed the same, when you don't know um, where that starting point is, or where that end point is, or anything really. So, here I go. I am currently learning... 10 languages um, because this lockdown has not been kind to my mental health to put it lightly um, so it, it basically just started with me wanting to catch up a bit with my Spanish um, so I did that as GCSE um, I did well in the speaking the, uh, the speaking and the writing exams, the coursework exams, where you can hand it to your teacher, get it marked, improve it. But the exams, not so great, but I did get a B overall, so I'll count that as a, a bit of a win. Um, so yeah, I've just been wanting to mostly um, have a bit of sort of Spanish knowledge. I think it's just a bit of a shame whenever you see something that you know you could read before, but now you can't. So just, it was more to just try and keep it in my head rather than to actually learn. But um, of course, there's nothing else to do. So me and my mum got 
wildly competitive on Duolingo. Um, I then started dabbling with other languages. Um, so the next one I picked up was Chinese, mostly because I couldn't understand how Chinese would work. Like, there's no verb tenses, there's, you know, there's no um, just phonetic sort of um, alphabet or characters. Oh, there kind of is, but... Um, yeah, in general, it's not a phonetic language, so how does that work? How do I say um, this in the past? How do I say this? What do the tones actually mean? Um, and I just started it, and I just really really enjoyed it and I just wanted to do a bit more each day and each day and as the lockdown's gone on I've kind of just picked up and adopted more little little baby languages so um, there we go that's how I got to list eight so just for a bit of reference I'd say um, my Spanish is currently at a bit of a B1 sort of B2 level um, I'd say I'm sort of quite unpolished with it Whereas I think I sort of know more than I would do in a test, but there's a lot of things that I need to be either prompted or I'm not 100% on sort of verb tenses, but generally following along with something, I'm quite, I'm okay when I'm speaking, I can normally find the words, but yeah, verb's not 100% perfect. There's a lot of, oh, what's the word? Come did you say? Come did you say? Um, yeah, so... So I'm fairly confident I'm speaking in it, but it's just um, obviously trying to keep expanding that vocabulary, not lose what I've got, keep working on that grammar, those weird past perfect etc. tenses. And just as a bit of a reference, um, I would say my Spanish is about at a B1 level. That was, I forgot to mention, but I was also an au pair in Madrid for a brief period. Uh, for a couple of months. Um, I did take some Spanish classrooms, classes there, but again, that was during pandemic times. So it was only a couple of in-person ones. Most of it was done online. And most of the learning I did was more speaking uh, with family and work I did on my own time as well. But for that class, I had to do a little test, just a placement test, speaking and writing. So I was placing to be one, and I think that's where I'm confident where I'm happy at. Uh, so Chinese is the next best. I haven't actually taken any formal tests in that, but I would guess I would be above HSK1, uh, maybe not at quite at HSK2. And I think a lot of what I know as well, it might be sort of quite detailed in one area, but not, not know much at all about a different area. Um... So yeah, I'm slowly working on vocabulary, uh, but obviously I think the thing to most focus on is sort of grammar. I'm still trying to work on that. Where does that l particle? When do I use it? Uh, when do I not use it? Who knows? Just I'll work it out eventually. And obviously just trying to keep up with the tone as much as possible. Um, if anyone else is learning Chinese, I would say my advice is don't overly worry about them. I know when I first started, I used to have my little handout, so one, two, three, four, and it does help you to start with, but it does also mean you start speaking like ni hao, which uh, isn't the best. I think you're better off speaking a bit faster, and then you'll work out how to get the tones in 
um, yeah, it's better to work out how to speak in a more natural way rather than to speak unnaturally but get the tones 100% perfect. Um, I'd also say, obviously, for Mandarin Chinese as well, um, for a lot of people, it's not their first language. Um, they often speak a different Chinese language or dialect group. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those. If you go to China, you'll probably meet a lot of people whose tones themselves aren't always one hundred percent on. So, don't worry. Just keep keep working on it. I say, as I am <laughs> very scared of them myself. Um, so for French and German, French, um, my mum is learning French at the minute, so she's got a few resources that I'm going to be um, stealing, nicking um, later on. And I did a bit of French at school before we had to choose our final language for the exams. Um, so I think I'm French and also German. I rely a lot on shared vocabulary, with it, whether it's with English or whether it's with, for example, Spanish and French. And I'm starting on the grammar as well. So obviously there's things like the gender, um, sort of changing the verb for how many people, which person it's in. But I haven't really got much further than that. I haven't really started in past, future, um, and other tenses. So I say I've got a, a fairly solid foundation, um, but just need to work up, keep going with vocabulary, especially new stuff. And also with French, learn how to bloody pronounce it because I, d I don't know who made French. I, but I've got some words for them. Right, uh, awkward long pause. So I'd say the next language I feel most confident in is Indonesian, Bahasa Indonesia. Um, if you're looking for a sort of a language to do because you like learning languages for the sake of it, um, I'd really suggest it. A, I think it's a very underrated language. It is, if you consider um, Bahasa Malay and Bahasa Indonesia, sort of two dialects of the same language, um, it easily becomes one of the top 10 most spoken languages in the world. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity to practice. It will definitely open some horizons, but it's also, um, it's a fairly modern language, which also means that the grammar <laughs> It's nice and simple because they've tried to, part of the um, considerations that they took in when inventing the language was to improve literacy. And to do that, they've made, tried to make it as simple as possible. So for example, um, there's no verb conjugation. Um, you've got sort of words and other little, little bits that can indicate um, tense and who's doing the action, but the verb itself doesn't change. It's also nice, there's no, um, there's no, no grammatical gender, which is always, always a win. Um, yeah, so I'm just learning vocab for that and just learning the ways that sentences slot together. Um, and it's interesting because it's sort of, I try to do, yeah, it's a different language family. So I've been quite enjoying that, but it's also nice when you see sort of, oh, that's quite similar to German, that papa, oh, that's quite similar to Hindi papa. It's nice when you see little words that sort of come together because... Again, it's a modern language, uh, so it borrows from other places, but it's also got a very unique feel. It's got a unique sound, which I also love, but without being too complicated, uh, it's not like French. The, the letters that you see are generally the letters you pronounce, which is all very nice. Um, I'd say next up would be probably Korean. Uh, so I'm quite confident in Hangul, except for 
I get a bit confused with like the W's, is it wee, is it woo? Um, yeah, when I see two vowels next to each other, I don't always know how to pronounce it, but um, aside with all the consonants and all of the basic vowels. Um, and in Duolingo, I'm creating sentences. They're all in the present so far, but um, they are still sentences nonetheless. And obviously getting used to um, things like subject markers, object markers, um, sort of the different levels of politeness conjugation, not just um, obviously the time and person conjugation. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm finding that one sort of quite tricky. I don't think the vocabulary sticks in my head quite as much and I feel like um, in times when I have gone to for example look for a song look for a passage translated I found that a lot of times the context will change completely depending on if you translate one sentence or one line of lyrics if you have the next one it can give you a completely different meaning um, but yeah I think it's a it's a really growing language um, one that I really enjoy the sound of as well so I just hope I can get a bit of a better grip on it um, as time goes on I'd say next would be Arabic. So again, I'm pretty confident with the... Yeah, I'd, I'd say I know the alphabet um, mostly. Don't don't test me on that, but um, general words, I can generally <laughs> generally read them. Um, I like it whenever they give you the vowel markers, the sort of little loops, the little dashes to represent an A. Without that, I'm still very confused. But yeah, uh, I can understand the alphabet. And in Duolingo, I'm starting to form sentences. Um, at the time, mostly, it's just am sentences. So she is the doctor, she is Tunisian, she is blah de blah, um, where are you? So it's not really like the, I don't know, the dog jumps over the other thing. Um, so again, it's quite simple, but it's one of the things, it does feel rewarding whenever you start putting things into sentences. So next language is Japanese, which I've already mentioned will be topic of the next episode. Um, so the Japanese was the first language I ever actually tried to learn. Um, bless my 12-year-old little heart. <laughs> um, trying to like learn the alphabets, trying to write out all this kanji that I thought was very beautiful at the time. But now looking back at my handwriting, I sort of cringe a little bit. But um, yeah, if I've picked it back up, I thought it'd be a shame to sort of forget what list I have. Uh, obviously learning Chinese. Um, so I'm learning the simplified characters, kanji is generally traditional characters. But saying that, there's still a lot of similarities. And I do try to check if I see a, sim- a simplified character quite a lot. Or if I'm using it in that, sometimes I'll just switch it for a lesson to do it in traditional characters just to get a feel for um, what the corresponding characters are. Um, I say, for some unknown reason, the hiragana and katakana alphabets, um, I've just never quite forgotten them. I don't know why. Obviously, some some letters I definitely have, but for a lot of it, I found relearning the alphabets um, very easy. Um, I'd also say I know a fair bit about the grammar. I know, obviously, the subject, object, verb, the subject markers, the object markers, but I'm not always 100% sure what they are when Duolingo tells me to put something I put it in but I can't quite um, make such a sentence from scratch but obviously um, as that goes on I'll sort of try to get more of an instinctive sort of touch with that hopefully 
actually try and work out what it means. <sighs> Almost there, so Hindi, plausible language. Um, so it's in the Devangari script, which I say I'm, I'm fairly confident in, but I would say that some of the less common letters and some of the vowel markings, so again, a bit like Arabic, it's mostly the characters of consonants, but in Hindi, um, you sort of, it's quite iconic actually, it's the one with sort of the line across and you can have sort of loops above, um, you can have dashes above, you can have swirls sort of below, so they sort of mark onto the consonants to tell you um, the vowel sound that should come after it and sort of glues the word together. Um, yeah, so I still find that a bit confusing sometimes, but um, yeah, generally sort of I'm there and again I'm just starting on putting sentences together, all sort of quite simple. Uh, you drink an you drink an apple. That is what Duolingo would try to tell you, but yeah, um, you eat an apple. Um, she has a book. Just very easy stuff, but stuff that I think is important because if you give me a long list of oh, here's how you say hello, thank you, how do I get to the airport? I cannot remember that at all. But for some reason, the horse ate an apple. It just sticks in my head, it just works. I know a lot of people are against that method, but I think the ability to form a sentence, I guess it's just because I'm curious, I don't like to look at a big um, bit, bit of text and know, for example, oh, this is um, a greeting, this means goodbye until I see you next time. But I can't, I can't look at it and not want to know which one's you, which one's that, is that really the same verb or do they use sort of a similar verb? means the same thing or do they use yeah I, I want to know what's going on so I definitely prefer sentences to just phrases um yeah and finally Irish um that's the most recent one I've picked up uh, I think I've only been doing it for maybe a couple of weeks um now um obviously I've mentioned before my mum's from Northern Ireland so I think it's a bit of a cultural sort of connection as well just wanting to do something Feels a bit close to home. Um, yeah, I'd say just trying to put sentences together. One thing I am quite struggling with though is the pronunciation. Um, I think we've all been sort of confused by names. We've all seen a Sean, a Siobhan, and think, how does that name make that sound? Um, but obviously, it's the same. Um, same rules in sort of the Irish language. Um, but luckily there are rules, so it's not just um, a bit of a French or an English thing where it's just, say it, say it how you think it should be said. There are rules, but I just need to get a bit better acquainted with them. I think especially because Duolingo, what I like about it is, even though it can be a bit annoying at times, whenever you do put each word into a sentence, um, it does say it out loud, but it doesn't always do that for Irish. So sometimes the first time that you're hearing a word will be on the pronunciation um question and yeah you've never heard it pronounced before so you're just just sort of hoping you're right um so what else uh just a bit about yep so just a little bit about sort of my day-to-day -day sort of language learning routine um uh, i think it's important to tell you this because obviously um i'm not going to be just doing the method they're more designed to support 
my language learning rather than become my language learning. Um, I don't think it would be a good idea to stop doing any any Japanese learning except for doing it by sleep. I can't see that going very well, so just as a bit of a, a background. So I normally start off on Drops in the Morning, which is a, if you haven't seen that one yet, it's a free app. Um, it's basically based on teaching you theme vocabulary. Um, it's very simple, so you don't see a lot of words in um, your native language or the language that you've decided to work from. Um, generally, it's about pictures and connecting to either the sounds or the written version of the target language, which for me, I've chosen Chinese. Uh, I'd also say a bit of a preface to drops as well is it's not very good for teaching verbs. Um, in Chinese, it's not a big problem because obviously the verb generally stays as it is, but they only teach um, verbs in the I um, present tense. So if you're looking for conjugation, it's not always the best way to do it. I know my mum learns French from it and yeah, I can see that being a bit of a problem. Um, so then I'll go on to scripts, uh, which is the sister app to drops. Um, it's all about teaching you, um, well, the script of a language. Um, so at the minute I'm working on Devangari for my Hindi. Um, I've used it before for the, the, the Chinese characters, radicals, sort of the little characters that go into making up big characters either phonetically or in terms of meaning um yeah and i'd say they're both also just sort of five minutes a day plus extra time bonuses you get so i think it's quite a good thing it's quite gamified as well so i know my mum doesn't think it's the best thing for learning the world but if you just kind of want to switch off and do something gamey for a while while still technically doing the education i think that's sort of quite nice and also it's very pretty app all the pictures are sort of quite cute so yeah and obviously free so if you haven't checked them out yet um i'd recommend downloading them or at least trying them out see if you like them so after that i then move on to my next app which is hello chinese um i started that from english but i've now changed that to my learning language is spanish so i'm almost done with the course so most days i'm going on to um, sort of keep my vocabulary topped up and then if I can't get a certain amount of XP points just with topping up or with practicing um, writing, writing exercises then I'll go on to um, do sort of a new yeah, do it in, well, a new language for the topic and at the end of each uh, topic you get a speaking one, so sometimes it's um, listening and then repeating back sometimes it's written and you have to sort of say it back um, but you can skip them if for example I don't really like I like to do it a lot while I've got some background music on whether it's music whether it's the tv in the background so sometimes it's like oh, especially if you're watching sort of tv with your family it's not always the best thing to to start a speaking test with everyone around so you can skip them but yeah, I think it's quite good, and being an app specifically designed for Chinese as well, um, I think they've really nailed it in how the, the course progresses. Uh, Duolingo, the course progression doesn't always make sense, a lot of things aren't always introduced, but with that app, it's sort of new vocabulary and sort of a few new grammar points, and all in the way that makes sense, which is nice. Um, okay. So next app I go on to is 
Duolingo. I try and do at least one lesson for each language a day. Um, so most of them I'll do two. Um, I'll also do a Spanish story every day. I'll do a French story whenever I get a certain amount of... Oh, I, I can't sit here and explain my Duolingo. Um, yeah, I don't know why my brain makes me use Duolingo the way I do, but I've got certain things, whereas for French I've got to go five, get it to four crowns, get to three crowns, get to two crowns to one, then back to five. Um, sort of For Spanish I'm just trying to get everything to a one, especially because I keep adding new lessons in. It feels like you sort of get, um, oh, you've finished a course, and then suddenly, oh, you actually haven't. Uh, Chinese, I'm doing everything to level three. Um, German and Japanese, I can only do one lesson a day. Um, I don't know why I've created these rules for myself. I'm just a person who um, likes rules. Uh, and finally, some days, but not every day, I'll also use Busu. Um, so Busu is a website or an app. Um, it's got a free version, but I've actually one of the few language things that I've paid for is for Busu, um, and I would recommend it. They do have, like I said, they have the free version, so I'd recommend trying it out if it if you think it's a format that helps you, and if you think the things the the locked features would help you. So, for example, the conversations um, lessons. So, uh, just after a while of doing sort of your quizzes, and you've learned sort of a topic, sometimes they'll prompt you to. Uh, for example just write sort of something about yourself or as it gets more on for example when you get more down to close to B2 in Spanish you get to write essays on um, which men inspire you and break gender boundaries which is always fun when you get a question you don't know how to answer in English and you have to answer it in a different language um, but yeah I'd say it's worth definitely trying it out for free if it appeals to you um, and you think the lock features would be useful it's definitely go for it um, I said Booster it didn't have all of the languages on it for me I can only use it for Spanish, Chinese, French German Arabic and Japanese and um, again you can if you use a free version you can only use one language at a time um, at first I just got it for Spanish and I said oh well I've got an extra language um, that I can that I can learn so I'll blend it to my mum if she wants to do any French with hers and then I've just kept adding to it ever since so there you have it this has definitely got a lot more rambly uh, I thought um, I don't know if it's because I can't explain things or because it is now very very hot in this very little wardrobe I'm sitting in so I'm going to use this excuse to sign out and um, hopefully see you next time for the first official episode all right ta-da a bit bye adios <laughs>